Hey guys, thanks so much for joining us on another episode of Simply Put. This is Britt. I am so glad that you have joined us today. And so if this is your first time, I just want to tell you, you do not have to go back to episode one to pick up where we are today. The heart of Simply Put is that we would just make the Bible super simple, that you can walk away with something you understand and hopefully something that you can put into Uh, practice or really just embed into your life. And so on today's episode, we are going to be talking about this topic of how dangerous it is to live on old instruction in new seasons. And this episode has been the catalyst for the entire Exodus study. And I'll tell you why. It's because I have taught on this without understanding the whole story. And so I'm so excited to talk about that today, to talk about why that matters, and to hopefully shed some light into what Moses has experienced and what he ultimately does. So thank you again for hanging out. I hope you're having a great day, and I hope it gets better as this episode uh, goes down. And so thanks so much for joining us. Let's do this. Welcome to Simply Put, a podcast that has been brought to life with you in mind. Whether you consider yourself an all-in Christian or have never been introduced to the freedom found in God, this podcast is for you. While the Bible might seem complicated, God's message is rather simple. Every week, you can expect Brit to take God's Word and break it down into something we can all better understand. Now here's your host, Brit. All right, here we go. So we're going to be looking at two separate texts today. The first is found in Exodus 17, verses 4 through 6. Uh, The other one is found in Numbers chapter 20. And before we get into anything Bible, I want to ask a question. And I want to ask you, have you ever had compassion for someone once you knew the whole story? So I don't know if I have any like crime like buffs out there I love law and order SVU I mean I love some law and order SVU and there are some episodes that I'm like why would he do that I don't understand why he's so crazy and then they do like a flashback as to what happened when he was a child or something and I'm like oh that that makes sense now I understand why he is the way he is or Maybe you can recall this in your own life. Maybe you were hurt by somebody and you didn't understand what you did to make that person so mad. And then later down the line, you get the full story that something happened that day. Something was said and you just didn't know. And now that you know, that makes sense. Or maybe that's you. Maybe you've acted out in some way. Maybe you said something that you didn't really mean and you leave the conversation and you're like, why in the world did I do that? Later to find out that there was something hurting deeper inside of you. There was a fear deeper inside of you that you just couldn't recognize at the time. So whichever one of those 
places you identify with. Maybe it's Law and Order SVU. Maybe it's another person hurting you. Or maybe it's your actions towards someone else. I just want you to identify it. Um, you don't have to do anything with it. But I want you to identify it and just hold it in the palm of your hand for this podcast. Uh, don't put it in your pocket. Hold it out. Because I want to keep that idea relevant in our mind that sometimes we make a judgment call based on the information we have and it's not necessarily the whole story. So that's what we're going to do on today's episode is we are going to look at two stories that have to do with Moses making a judgment call. And here's what I, number one, I love about this episode and specifically this podcast is I have actually taught on Numbers 20 and Numbers 20 alone. And there's so much good stuff from that. I'll put that podcast link in the bio if anybody wants to look at it. But that's not where we're going to spend our time today because reading in Exodus 17, I realized I had missed some key evidence for why Moses did what Moses did. And so on today's episode, I want to talk about this. I want to compare these two stories and talk about maybe what was happening behind the scenes. Now, our key passage is found in Exodus 17, but in order to fully understand the context of what's happening, we need to go forward and then we're going to work our way back. And so let's start in Numbers 20. Um, in Numbers 20, ultimately, this is the moment that Moses loses his privilege to enter into the promised land. And so from a 30,000 foot view, here's what's happening is they have just arrived in the wilderness of Zin. And by they, I mean Moses and Aaron who are leading the Israelites out of Egypt. So they've left Egypt. They've been in the wilderness. Now they are in the wilderness of Zin. Miriam, Moses's wife, has just died, and so he has just buried her. There is no water for the people. People are complaining about Moses to Moses, and no one remembers why they left Egypt because it wasn't that bad. They're recalling when they had all this fruit and all these luxuries, again, forgetting the slavery they were actually in. Moses and Aaron go to God, but oddly enough, they don't even say anything. In verse 6, it says, Moses and Aaron went from the assembly to the entrance to the tent of the meeting and fell face down, and the glory of the Lord appeared to them. And what I love so much about this making the Bible is I love that it reminds us that sometimes we really just don't have the words. Romans 8, 26 says, In the same way, the Spirit helps us in our weakness. We do not know what we ought to pray for, but the Spirit himself intercedes for us through wordless groans. And that's exactly what Moses and Aaron are facing in this moment. And so God tells Moses, he says, Moses, get up, take Aaron, gather the peeps and speak to the rock and I will bring water from it. Moses gets up, he grabs Aaron, gathers the people and up until this point, he's done everything that God has asked him to do. But rather than speaking to the rock, he speaks to the people and he hits the rock. And every time I have taught on this specific passage, I have always said, Moses, why didn't you just do what God asked you to do? But here's what I love about God is God still brings water from the rock. But because Moses didn't do what God had asked him to do, he loses his right into the earthly 
promised land. And so if we were teaching on this today, here's what I'd pull just four basic points is it's crucial to do what God asks us to do before subjecting ourselves to the opinion of others. So Moses, rather than just speaking to the rock, like God said, he speaks to the people. He makes a very prideful and very aggressive statement to the people and then goes about hitting the rock. Number two, I would say in order to inherit the fullness of what God has promised, we must do what he asks us to do. Now, this isn't a debate of your salvation. I'm not talking about, are you going to heaven? I'm talking about, will you have the opportunity to experience heaven on earth? Because there really is a difference. And I think that those that follow the Lord, those that walk closely with him, it's not, it's just not about salvation, guys. It's about experiencing the fullness of his promises while we are here. And so in order to inherit his fullness, we must do what he asks. Number three, I would say about this text specifically is God is still faithful despite our disobedience. But number four is you can miss it. I mean, Moses did not get to um, enter into that promised land. He missed it. And again, every time I've read this, I think if I'm honest, I was a little judgmental of Moses. Like, really, Moses, this is where you mess up. You're so close. It was so clear. You had to speak to the rock, not hit the rock. Why in the world would you hit the rock? And I've always just had kind of a pretty harsh approach to what happened in the wilderness at Zin. But then a few months back, I was reading in Exodus 17. In just like a Law and Order episode where they show the flashback and you're like, oh, (laughs) now I know why he did what he did. I had that exact moment with Moses. So I want us to pick up in Exodus 17, starting in verse 2. It says, so once more the people complained against Moses. Give us water to drink, they demanded. Quiet, Moses replied. Why are you complaining against me and why are you testing the Lord? But tormented by thirst, they continued to argue with Moses. Why did you bring us out of Egypt? Are you trying to kill us, our children and our livestock with thirst? Then Moses cried out to the Lord, What should I do with these people? They are ready to stone me. The Lord said to Moses, Walk out in front of the people. Take your staff the one you used when you struck the water of the Nile, and call some of the elders of Israel to join you. I will stand before you on the rock at Mount Sinai. Strike the rock, and water will come gushing out. Then the people will be able to drink. So Moses struck the rock as he was told, and water gushed out as the elders looked on. So to give you takeaway bullet points, so here's what happens. Moses goes to God in fear for his life. Ultimately, God says, walk out in front of them. Take your staff. Remember the one you struck the Nile with. Invite the elders. Strike the rock and water will flow. And Moses does. And it works. And water comes from the rock. And he has done exactly what God has asked him to do. And as I read this story, with Numbers 20 in mind, there was this aha moment of clarity when I just realized in Numbers 20, it wasn't that Moses was intentionally being disobedient. He was doing what you and I do. He was going based off what worked 
last time. And last time he was at the rock, he hit it and water flowed. And I wonder, I just wonder if standing in that moment that took place in Numbers 20, if inside Moses, it wasn't that he meant to disobey God. It wasn't that he meant to come off as prideful. It wasn't that he meant those things. He was just fearful. And so he did the last thing that he knew worked. And this is really where our key point ties in today of how dangerous it is to live on old instructions in new seasons. And just to give you a real life personal example of my own, there was a season about two and a half years ago where God's instruction to me was sit, stay, and heal. And in this season, I was fighting against this temptation to run. Um, Running had always been my coping mechanism throughout my life. And so if something didn't go so well, I would travel and I would come back and it would be over. Or if I got tired of being somewhere, I would leave because staying isn't sexy. And I feel like we keep repeating this over and over again, but staying places is hard. Staying places requires you to work through the junk that's in your spirit. Like staying places is not easy. It is easier to leave than it is to stay. And I wonder if that's not why divorce rates are so high. I wonder if that's why when someone doesn't like something a pastor says, they leave to find another church. I can't help but wonder if that's why so many of us book a flight rather than going to counseling. You know, like it is easier to avoid it and leave than it is to stay. And so in that season, this sit, stay, heal season, God's challenge for me was, Brittany, stay put. Do not move. Show up. Be kind. Do what I ask you to do. Do not run from this. And what happened in that season is I started to grow deep roots in who he was. And was it ugly? Most definitely. Was it fun? Definitely not. But was it worth it? Yeah, it was. But that's because my instruction for that season was to sit, to stay, and to heal. And so about a year ago, God started to change the ask. He started to tell me, you know, B, I think it's about time to go. And at first, I didn't, I didn't want to, right? Because I think we love understanding the instructions God has given us. And so I will never forget you guys. It was July of this last year when I really felt like God was getting ready to move me and he was preparing my heart to go. And I was devastated because I had gotten so good at sitting still and staying and healing that the idea of doing something that I was uncertain of, that scared me. And I'll never forget when my mentor looked at me and she said, watch how you react, what you react to. And there was this moment that I started to recognize that sometimes the idols aren't necessarily even money or people. Sometimes the idol is our comfort. Sometimes the idol is that um, constant desire to live on old instruction in a new season because it's what we're comfortable. It's what we know. And so I say all that to fast forward to now. See, I had the opportunity or the option, I guess, at some point to either live on old instruction or to seek God for a new one. 
And if I would have lived on the old instruction, I would have missed all that he has had for me here in Illinois. And that's hard for me to say. And trust me when I tell you, I, I did not, like this was never my plan. But what I want to tell you is that when we go where he asks us to go and when we obey and do what he asks us to do, there is fullness in that. In this moment between Numbers 20 and Exodus 17, I truly don't think Moses was intentionally being disobedient. I think he was scared and going off the last thing he knew to do. And to be honest, when I read this, I was like, what about us? You know, what old instructions are we living on that are keeping us from walking into all God has for us? And throughout this Exodus study, you know, we've talked a lot about the things we're enslaved to. We talked a lot about maybe anxiety and depression and relationships and friendships. And we've covered so much ground. But I think to close out appropriately, I think we need to talk about fear. I think we need to talk about those initial reactions when we're actually not sure if God is going to do what he said that he would do. And our initial reaction is to go back to old patterns. It's to do the last thing that worked. But friend, I just want to encourage you that there's a reason the Bible tells us over and over and over again to receive our daily bread, to seek God daily, to to commune with him daily, to get alone with him daily. That's not just something fun that sounds cute and isn't practical. You guys, this is the secret sauce to doing what God asks you to do when he asks you to do it. Because fear will override our our inclination to listen every single time. And so the only way to disintegrate the fear that lives in us is to ask God to cover it with his might and with his grace over and over and over again. You know, so many times when I read Numbers 20, I... I like to make up my own endings. And I wonder what would have happened if Moses would have stopped before he said anything to the crowd. And he would have just fallen to his knees and said, God, I'm scared. They're after me. I'm not sure this is going to work. And I'm tired. I wonder how much different that outcome could be. But the thing is, guys, as we get so prideful on what God has done. And sometimes we lose focus of what God is doing. He's not the great I was. He's not the great will be. He is the great I am. He is, he is the great God that is in the middle of your circumstances that is making all things new. That gives you a story to tell today. Friend, you do not have to live on old instruction as you enter new seasons. You have a God that waits for you, that knows you, that loves you, that's for you, that wants to speak into your life. The question then becomes, will you do what he's asked you to do? And one thing I know from just my own personal experience is it's always the things that you didn't really think he was going to have you do. And I joke about this a lot that I really, truly, deep down believe there is never alarm in heaven. And the minute you say you're never going to do something, this alarm goes off. Everything's rerouted to do that one thing. But I say this because I think we have to face this question that will you do what God asks you to do, even if it doesn't make sense? And that can be ugly. 
that can come with a lot of tears and a lot of hurt and a lot of pain and that can come with anger. But here's what I know that's so sweet about following uh, God is even when it doesn't make sense, his way is good. I kid you not, when I made this move um, the first three months, I just cried every day. I was so angry at God. I didn't understand, like, if he was so good, why was I in so much pain? And there were so many times, I wish you guys could see, like, my quiet time, because there were so many times that I would just be honest. I'm like, God, you know, I believe that you're good, but I'm just not sure you're the best planner. So look, if you want to, you know, take some advice from me, I've put them all in orange in my planner. I kid you not. I was like color coding. God, if I had a plan, here's what it would be. And and I say all this to say that we don't have to listen to God. We have a choice and you can listen to him or you can not. But what happens when we live on old instruction in new seasons is we miss his fullness. We miss all he has for us, not because it isn't available, but simply because we're not doing what he asks us to do. And so friend, I just want to encourage you today, take some time and seek him for new instruction. Take some time and dive into his board and ask him what he would have for your life. Here's what I know is his plan for your life is good. And even if it feels messy even if it feels like it's two step forward, one step back, he really does know what he's doing. Everything is connected. He has not forgotten about you. He loves you. He's for you. And through the ups and through the downs, he is doing a mighty work in you. Thanks so much for hanging out with us today, guys. I pray that this episode was helpful, that maybe you started to see the full story. But more than that, if you don't walk away with anything else, I hope you know that it's okay to be wrong. It's okay to read something and think something and then get a different view and think something else. Because here's what I know about the Bible is the more you learn, the more you see. And so don't don't let the fear of being wrong hold you back from testifying to what God is doing in your life. Don't let the fear of missing the mark, hold you back from telling his story. Because here's what I know is he uses every seed planted to grow something good. So if you get nothing else from this episode, here's your permission. Study his word, come up with a thought, and then be okay if you find some new evidence to support a larger story. So thanks again for hanging out today. Look, before I send you off, I just want to let you know, I am going to post an episode that talks about how to develop a good, quiet time. And with that, um, I'm going to go ahead and post a reading plan on my website just to help you if you are looking to study more, if you're looking to, you know, learn more on your own. I just want to make sure those resources are available to you. As much as I love hanging out around the campfire with you, it would, uh, nothing would bring me more joy than to see you learn to build a campfire of your own. And so I just want to make sure those tools are there for you. So I will put the link in this bio, but also feel free to check out my website and you can find all the resources on there. So I love you guys. Have an awesome day. Feel free to email me if you have any feedback. If you, I don't know, it's a safe space. So I just want you to know it is a safe space for anything you are working through. I love you guys and I will see you guys back next week. See ya.